Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Thursday, January the 20th. Wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace and God's life and God's goodness within your life, within the life of your loved ones here today. Thanks for uh, being present and breaking open God's Word with me today. We are going to continue right marching through Mark, uh, picking up where we left off yesterday. So if you recall, uh, Jesus has been in, well, I won't say even dialogue. That is, that's far too soft. Uh, almost conflict uh, that the, the disciples of John, the disciples of the Pharisees were giving him a hard time, he and his disciples, for his lack of following their understanding of the tradition. Uh, and, uh, and that was on Tuesday's reading. That was with the, the old wine into new wineskins, that whole idea or excuse me, new wine into old wineskins and the, the new patch on the old cloak, things like that. That's when they were, they were uh, walking through the, the uh, wheat field. Then uh, yesterday, we had the man with the withered hand on the Sabbath, and Jesus restored it, uh, almost even without, you know, touching it or whatever. And that again, breaking the laws, uh, capital L, uh, as they understood the law, and so the, the Pharisees went off to go in communion with those, uh, the followers of King Herod, in order to do harm to Jesus. So remember, we talked a little bit about that yesterday. And, uh, and how do you not become that very anger, uh, that very resentment uh, that people are bringing to you in this conflict? So... The reason I bring that up, I, I, I don't mean to just, uh, you know, belay the point of, of the, the scripture, but we're going to see somewhat Jesus's reaction to that. So Mark chapter 3, verses 7 to 12, and let's break open God's word today. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus withdrew toward the sea with his disciples. A large number of people followed from Galilee and from Judea. Hearing what he was doing, a large number of people came to him also from Jerusalem, from Idumea, from beyond the Jordan, and from the neighborhood of Tyre and Sidon. He told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, so that they would not crush him. He had cured many, and as a result, those who had diseases were pressing upon him to touch him. And whenever unclean spirits saw him, they would fall down before him and shout, You are the Son of God. And he warned them sternly not to make him known. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Just a couple of quick points today in, in the Gospel. And I don't want to belay, oh gosh, that's the second time I've used that word, and, and I haven't used that in like two years, I don't want to drag it out. Let's, let's say it that way. <laughs> Why would Jesus say, okay, so he's, so he's healing people, and the demons are coming out and saying, you are the son of God, and he warned them sternly, meaning the, the demons, not to make him known. Why would he do that? Now, again, I don't want to pretend that I know the answer to that rhetorical question. Uh, some people would say, 
Well, it's, it's part of the tool that the writer is using to draw us in because it's called the Messianic Secret. And we're going to wait till the eighth chapter of Mark when Peter proclaims it and the hinge and all that. And you know what? I am sure that's right. From a theologian's and a scholar's perspective, all those things make perfect sense. But how do we relate to it on a daily basis hearing this scripture? Because that's who Mark was writing it for, essentially. And I would say like this. I think because the people had an image of what Messiah would be, and it wasn't a fully uh, grown, matured image of what that's going to look like, uh, Jesus, I suspect, now again, I'm, I'm putting my opinion out there, throw it out if it's, if it's not helpful, but I suspect that Jesus was concerned that word would get out that he held that title, Messiah, Son of God, Son of Man, whatever you want to call that, that they would have, have known him by, and would have gone off, in a sense, half-cocked with this false notion of what that title meant. And again, we know that because we see it with, with Judas later, right? That Jesus is not stepping up to take the kingship and, and to begin to kick the Romans out and fight. So I'm going to force his hand in a sense and, uh, and invite him to, to you know, choose which is he going to do. But again, Judas had that same false understanding of what Messiah was going to be. And so Jesus did his best with his mission and ministry, ultimately with his life and death and resurrection, to show us what that was. But it wasn't until then that we began, and I say we as humanity, began to have a sense of what Messiah is. I'll use an example here, and I like this example. And, and, and I use it, not my own, don't remember where I got it from, and I'll, I'll even say it poorly, but, but I like it because it, it reminds us that God is always beyond us. You know, I've said this before too, and this is a Richard Rohrism, that he says, if on the road you meet the Buddha, kill the Buddha. The idea that, that when we think we know who God is, and we've got God figured out, and we've got Jesus Christ figured out, kill that notion, because God is always bigger. God is always bigger. And the, the example I want to use is, is one of a fisherman. And uh, he's an island fisherman out in the, in the ocean, and, uh, and he's been a fisherman all his life. And he, uh, he says, you know, the, the, the ocean is vast. And there are, you know, the, the, the vast majority of it I will never explore. I will never get to its depths. And I will never understand the life fully that, that is lived within it. And I will, I will never venture out into to any small percentage even of what the sea is. But at the same time, he says, but I know the sea. I know its interactions. I know how it, it comes and goes. It ebbs and flows. And I love that image, brothers and sisters, because that's, in a sense, our understanding of God. God has depths that we will never uh, enter within. And, and God has, has a surface and an enormity that, that 
we only will will see and participate within a, the tiniest fraction of that. But yet, my friends, we know God because God has allowed and invited us into that knowing. It's that both and that, that we will never know fully, but we know the sea. But we know the sea. We know it's, we know it's ebbs and flows, it's comings and it's goings. And, and I, I, I get that sense here with the unclean spirits. You are the son of God, but they, they didn't have a full extent and measure and understanding the height and depth and breadth of who God was. And so Jesus was like, let's calm down on what Messiah ought to be, on what Messiah that understanding is. But yet they saw it within him and they longed for it. Why? Because goodness sakes, people from Ijumea and beyond the Jordan and also from Jerusalem and Galilee and Judea and the neighborhood of Tyre and Sidon, they all pressed in on him. They all pressed in on him because they saw something there. Whether that's he spoke with authority or, or he commanded uh, the, the, the unclean spirits and the demons to leave or whether it was his healing or whether it was his understanding of the law or whether it was how he treated people or saw them. Whatever it was, they saw. They saw what God looked like and they knew the sea even if they didn't understand the fullness of it. And I, and I think that invites us into that same place of humility. We know the sea, brothers and sisters. We know it. Um, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the invi- image of the invisible sea, as it were. We know it. But we always need to be humble before it and realize the depths and, and height and breadth of it is way beyond us and be open to this God of surprises. So Jesus withdrew toward the sea with his disciples. So I, I mentioned that earlier that, you know, Jesus was having this conflict and, and has been and will for the vast majority of the rest of the gospel. But he was wise enough to know to withdraw. And I, and I sit here and I think about that, brothers and sisters, and I think of me. When, when I'm feeling exhausted and tired and burned out and I try to withdraw, and, and maybe it's in my own home, but yet I can't withdraw because there are, are tasks, there are responsibilities, there are people, you know, that I've said yes to and things like that, that I cannot withdraw from. And they are here that when I am tired, I can often, you know, lash back out in an unhealthy way toward them and uh, toward my own spirit. But we don't see Jesus do that here. Again, he withdrew. He wasn't allowed to because a large number of crowds were following him. So instead of lashing out, he gets creative. And he gets a boat in order to teach them from that, to have his own space and not be crushed by them, but yet to honor their wishes. And why were they there? He had cured many. And as a result, those who had diseases were pressing upon him to touch him. They wanted to be cured as well. And don't we all? I was praying with someone today, you know, and and someone who's getting closer and closer to death and talked about how God desires our, our wholeness. And that means, yes, physically, but also spiritually, mentally, emotionally, socially, psychologically, all those things. God desires our healing and our wholeness. 
But God operates in a way that God needs and, and, and in God's ways and in God's timing um, and, and beyond our understanding. But yet, if we see someone who can provide that for us, I think we'd all, um, you know, gather around that person. We'd all seek or go on pilgrimage or whatever it is. And so I guess the last thing I invite us to ponder today is this. What do we seek when we seek God out? What is, what is it we are after in our prayer? And again, there's no judgment in this question. There's no <clears throat> um, answer I'm looking for. I think other than, other than inviting self-knowledge within us. When we pray, what is it we seek? Because we're in the crowd here, right? We're, we're one of the people that wants to get by him, that, that is looking for healing in some sense. Maybe it's for our loved ones. Maybe it's for a situation in this world, a situation in our life, a relationship that's been severed. Maybe it's something within me because I'm carrying anxiety or depression or hurt or grief or whatever it is. Those are all real. We see in Jesus somebody who can heal us. What is it we are seeking today? And is that different than yesterday or the day before? I think it's just good for us to know why we're along the banks of the river here with him, causing him to go out and do a boat, to give a little space. But uh, what is it we are seeking from God this day? And can we simply put it in front of him? trusting that God knows what to do best with that and, uh, and leave it there and go about our, our business, trusting that God in God's way and God's timing and God's good wisdom will bring that healing to us uh, in this way that only a God of surprises can do. So let's pray. So we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The, what are we on here? The fourth joyful mystery, uh, the presentation of Jesus in the temple. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Bless you, my friends. Have a wonderful Thursday. And uh, let's break open God's word one more time this week tomorrow. God's peace.